You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, one very important aspect of the Battle of the Trench, the Battle of Ahzab, is the miracles that happened there. See, the Battle of Ahzab was a grave threat to the Muslims. They were greatly outnumbered. The Muslim men, at most, at most, there were 1,000 fighters. The Ahzab who had gathered the numerous tribes and groups who had come to Medina to fight them were several thousands, at least 4,000 if not more. So you're greatly outnumbered, you're betrayed by the Jews, they committed treason and they're giving the pagans sensitive national security uh, information on how to make a surprise attack. So the outcome of this battle would be very decisive. Some Muslims even thought that this could be the end of Islam. Today at the Battle of Ahzab, if the Bacons come, they kill us, that's it. That's it, no Muslim will remain on the earth. It was a very decisive battle where even some of the companions, they doubted whether Islam is going to continue. Inshallah later we'll read those verses. Allah rebukes them. In some of these battles, you know, that you thought that that's it, Islam is not going to continue. So some of them were really scared. Now here's the system of God, whenever the entire faith and religion is threatened like that, usually Allah sends a miracle. Look at the previous miracles of prophets, Prophet Musa when did Allah send those grand miracles like like the splitting of the sea? That's it, had Fir'aun and his massive army caught up to Musa and Bani Israel and they would have... uh, basically arrested them and killed them, that's it, the religion of God would have been gone. So Allah sends a a massive miracle like that. So we see from previous nations that whenever the entire religion is threatened, yes, Allah intervenes and there's a miracle. Because had it not been for those miracles, religion could not naturally survive. By the way, today some people ask, how come we don't see miracles today? Like the Quran tells us about previous nations, people of Nuh, Ad, Thamud, Musa, Isa, how come it doesn't happen anymore? We've addressed that before in some of our classes. We said first of all, there are miracles, we're just not seeing it. Science is telling us every day how the universe is a miracle. But if you're looking for a grand scale miracle, like in the past, like God splitting the sea, global flood, or you know, someone reviving the dead, these types of miracles, there's no need for it. Why? Religion is not threatened, alhamdulillah, has many followers, it's not, going any, it's not going anywhere near extinction. And Allah brings down the big miracles when in the entire religion and all of believers are about to be just destroyed. Allah intervenes to strengthen your heart. Today alhamdulillah, there's millions of believers around the world, right? If God doesn't do a grand miracle, is religion going to go extinct? No. If it reaches that point, yes, then we can count on God, (laughs) you know, making a miracle like like that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So 
It was appropriate for some miracles to occur at the Battle of Ahzab. Why? Because the Muslims were near going destruction, like just complete destruction. If the, if the massive armies with the Jews, they would have entered Medina and killed the Muslims, that's it. Islam would have been gone. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted some miracles to happen and to inform the Muslims, look, right now you feel threatened, you think Islam is about to go extinct? No, 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 Islam is going to spread wide and far, don't worry, no one's going to obliterate you. So I'll share with you some of those miracles that happened at the Battle of Khandaq. One of them is that the hard, rocky earth became soft. This hadith is from Jabir ibn Abdullah, he narrates the hadith, he states that in the Khandaq, we were dealing with a earth that's Kudya. Kudya in Arabic is a strong rocky earth that you can't break with an axe or shovel. Have you seen like some places they're rocky? It's just too um, hard for you to dig, you can't. You need like big heavy equipment that we have today, but not in the past. So Jabir says, the Muslims kept digging in those hard areas to dig the trench to protect themselves from the enemies. But because the earth was so rocky and hard, their shovels or their axes broke. Because you know when you hit the rock too hard, it's going to break. So they told Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, what do we do? Our shovels broke. We cannot get through these rocks. So the Prophet said, bring me some water. He got some water, he poured it on that earth, Jabr says it turned into fine sand, like those sand dunes. You could just pick the sand and throw it out. That was a miracle that they saw. Anywhere that was so tough like that, Allah would transform that rocky earth in that part into a soft earth so they can dig it and make the trench. This was a miracle that the Muslims witnessed over there. And remember the Prophet and the Muslims were really hungry at this point. You know, one, uh, one hadith in Bukhari states that the Prophet, when he was himself digging the trench, he had actually tied a rock to his stomach so he can cope with the pain of hunger. For three days he had not eaten anything. So for them to have that strength and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the earth soft, that, that is indeed a miracle. So that's the first miracle. Many happen, I'll just share with you two or three. The second one, the Prophet informs about future conquests at the Battle of Khandaq. So there are many hadiths over here, many variations and versions of these hadiths, but I will tell you the common idea on these hadiths. Basically, Salman and a number of other companions, they were gathered. And they were digging the trench when they came across hard rocks that they couldn't break. So they told the Prophet we can't break these rocks. So the Prophet he came, he's like, give me the shovel. Then the Prophet he took the shovel and you had a huge rock that was under the earth that they could not break. So the Prophet took the shovel or the axe and with the first time he struck the rock, Salman says, I saw a huge flash of lightning coming out from the rock. When the Prophet struck it, it generated 
a very strong flash that just illuminated the whole area. And then the Prophet said Allahu Akbar and all the Muslims they said Allahu Akbar. Part of that stone cracked. When that happened the Prophet took the axe and he struck the rock a second time, it generated a second flash, then a third time, every time the Prophet says Allahu Akbar and the Muslims say Allahu Akbar, at the third time the rock was just yani, split into pieces, shattered into pieces. Salman came to the Prophet, he told him Ya Rasulullah, I noticed after every flash, it's like you saw something and you would say Allahu Akbar, what did you see? The Prophet told him, the first time when I struck the rock and that flash appeared, I saw the castles of Al-Hira and Madain Kasra. Al-Hira is an area in, in the middle of Iraq, Madain is also in Iraq. Kasra, the Persian king, emperor at the time, he had castles there. The Prophet said, the first time I struck the rock, I saw the castles of the Persian emperor appear before me. The second time I struck that um, rock, I saw the red castles of Ar-Rum. Ar-Rum at the time of the Prophet is the Eastern Romans, the Byzantine Empire. I saw the castles of the Byzantine Empire. And the third one, the third time, I saw the castles of Yemen. And every time when I would see the castles of the Persian emperor or the Roman emperor or the Yemenis, Jibra'il would tell me, Ya Rasulullah, one day the Muslims will conquer these places. So I've been told by Jibra'il that the Muslims will reach as far as Persia, Eastern Rome and south to Yemen. That's why I said Allahu Akbar. Then the Prophet told Salman, this will happen in your lifetime, you will see it. Subhanallah, Salman died in Madain, where Kisra was ruling. He was the governor there for the last years of his life. And that's exactly what happened. Within years, look, you're near extinction here. Like within minutes, you could just be obliterated. The Prophet said, look, Jibra'il just told me, no, Islam is going to spread far and wide. They will not uproot Islam. That was the idea. They will not uproot Islam. Islam is going to keep spreading. When the Prophet said this, the munafiqun, the hypocrites made fun. They're like, look, <laughs> this Prophet and these Muslims, they're about to go extinct. They're so tired digging a hole, a trench, they need help. And the enemies are going to attack any minute. And he's telling them that you're going to go as far as the Persian Empire and the Roman Empire and the Yemeni Empire. Allah reveals a verse in the Holy Quran condemning the hypocrites for what they say. And those hypocrites and those who have a disease in their heart, they say, These promises that the Prophet is making from on behalf of God is all fake. There's no such thing. And then by the way, according to one hadith, the Prophet, when he saw Madain, the city of Kasra, the, the Persian emperor, when he saw Madain 
he started to describe to Salman how the city looked like. Now the Prophet had never been to Madain, but Salman al-Farisi, he had passed by those places, so he knew how Madain looked like. So when the Prophet described it to Salman, the Salman said, yes, I swear by God you're saying the truth. Well, that's exactly how the city looked like. This gave strength to the mu'mineen that the Prophet actually saw the city. Now there is one hadith in the book of Kafi. Al-Bihar narrates this from Kafi, from Imam al-Sadiq that states when the Prophet gave this prophecy and he foretold about this, one of the Sahaba of the Prophet said the following. I'm not going to mention the name of that companion. You can go and check in the original source. That companion, that hypocrite companion, he said this man, meaning the Prophet he's giving us a prophecy and he's promising us that we will access the treasures of Kesra, the, Ro- the Persian emperor, and Qaisar, Caesar, the Roman emperor, and we at the trench over here, we're scared to go out and use the bathroom and relieve ourselves in the desert for fear of the enemy. He was mocking the prophet, he's like, I'm scared to go outside and relieve myself and he's telling me you're going to conquer Persia and Rome? Or Eastern Rome? Subhanallah. But the believers know, the mu'mineen, وَلَمَّا رَأَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الْأَحْزَابِ But the mu'mineen, after all these challenges, they heard the prophecy from the prophet, and they saw the ahzab advancing forward, قَالُوا هَذَا مَا وَعَدَنَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ If the prophet gives me a promise, I'm going to stick to it. If Allah gives me a promise, I'll accept it. وَمَا زَادَهُمْ إِلَّا إِيمَانًا وَتَسْلِيمًا This in fact gave them more strength. That's the difference between iman and hypocrisy. The last miracle I'll share with you before we conclude. Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari narrates this miracle about the abundance of food. Remember, during the year of Ahzab, Muslims were very low on resources. Many of them really slept hungry for days. So Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari says, at the Khandaq, when we were digging the trench, I saw the Prophet digging. And I saw him, you could tell the Prophet was like starving from hunger. Jabir says, I noticed that. Like when a person is really hungry, you can, just, you can just tell. So I felt really bad. So I came to the Prophet, I told him, Ya Rasulullah, do you give me permission to quickly go to my house? Prophet says, yes. He went to his house, Jabir. He went to his wife. Her name was Suhaila, the daughter of Mas'ud al-Ansari. So her name is Suhaila bint Mas'ud al-Ansari. Amazing woman, a treasure. And one of the gifts of Allah is for a person to have a good spouse. So he told her, look, the Prophet is really hungry. Yani I can't just, I can't see him hungry like that anymore. Can you, can we make some food for him? I'll help you. Let's prepare some food. They didn't really have much. She told him, I just have some barley. They would bake it into bread. And I also have a small sheep. It's not fat with a lot of meat, just a small chip. That's all we have. Some bread and some lamb. He said, perfect. Let's prepare this for the Prophet You cook it, I will go privately, tell the Prophet, come to my house, just eat, gain some strength, and then continue digging. That was Jabir's idea. Which is beautiful because he's really thinking about the Prophet So he went 
to the Prophet and he said maybe we'll have enough food for another man or two. He doesn't mention who maybe Imam Ali is somebody else. Three or four will come and privately eat. Now Rasulullah doesn't privately eat. He leaves the hundreds of Muslims digging and they're hungry and he goes and eats. He can do that, it's okay, he's being invited. But the Prophet, you know, is very sensitive about these issues. So he came to the Prophet, the Prophet told him, Jabir, what did you do, where did you go? He told him, Ya Rasulullah, come for a private invitation to my house. My wife has cooked just some food for us three, four. Let's eat, gain strength and we'll work on the trench. The Prophet said, Kathirun tayyib. Inshallah your food will be abundant and delicious. Then the Prophet surprised Jabir and he made an announcement in the army. Oh Muslims, Jabir's our host. Everybody let's go to his house and have lunch. <laughs> now imagine there were a lot of people. Some historians have said there were 1,000 Muslims digging. Some say 300, some say 400, some say 700. Okay, at least we have hundreds. And Yasser is only prepared for how many? Three or four. <laughs> Jabir, when he heard that from the Prophet, he said, I swear, I said, Wallah innaha al-fadiha, jarrasna. You know, this is embarrassing. The Prophet is inviting all these people to my house. I don't have anything to give them. Just a bread and just a little bit of lamb. These are hundreds of people. So he panicked. He ran to his wife. He told her, look, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble. I told the Prophet to come with just one or two. He announced to the whole army, everybody let's go to Jabir's house. So I don't know what to do. I'm just telling you. She said, look at the smart, amazing lady. She told Jabir, did you invite the army to come? Like they overheard you or the Prophet, he himself deliberately invited them. She knows the Prophet is not going to do something, astaghfirullah, foolish. He told her, Bal huwa da'ahum. No, no, he went and invited them. She told him, then leave him. He knows what he's doing. He knows better than you what he just did. You told him, Ya Rasulullah, come, we're just three and four. He went and he invited an entire army. Why are you panicking? He's the messenger of God. He knows what he's doing. Subhanallah. Look at the example of this woman who's full of iman. She knows this is Rasulullah. If he invited 500 people to her house, he knows what he's doing. He's not going to embarrass her or embarrass himself. This is Rasulullah. Look at the iman. Subhanallah. She had a hundred percent faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's how a Muslim should be when it comes to God and His Messenger and your religion trust Allah a hundred percent even if something doesn't make sense to you in that sense right something doesn't at the moment make sense to you it's okay trust Allah you're going through a crisis a trial difficulty it doesn't make sense to you why is this happening to me trust Allah it's okay He's got a plan if we had this level of trust believe me we'd be fine so what happened? They came. Hundreds of people, 300 or 800 or 900 or 1000. They came. The Prophet would tell them, 10 by 10 go into Jabir's house because it wasn't that big. So you need like 10 by 10. There was what's called in the hadith, a burma. A burma is a very deep pot that's either made from copper or stone. It's a pot. The Prophet would say, whatever food you have in the pot, like the little lamb that was there, 
and some bread on the side, the Prophet would tell them, his companions, that you ten, you go, open the lid, take out some food for yourself. Once you, when you, once you take the lamb from the pot, close the lid. And then go to the oven, the tanur, where they bake the bread. The, the, the oven also had a door. The Prophet told them, or like a lid, the Prophet told them, take out a piece of bread for you and then close it. So those ten, they would eat. When they would leave, the next round of ten people, when they would come open the pot, they would see nothing has decreased from it. Nothing. The same amount of lime is still there. They would open the oven, they would see the same number of loaves is there. Nothing was decreasing. This happened 10 by 10 by 10 until nearly a thousand people were fed in the house of Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari with the barakah of Rasulullah That's a miracle that Allah wanted to show the believers. Allah is with you. Don't worry. Subhanallah. So this happened in the house of Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari. But but the moral of the story, my dear brothers and sisters, realize that just before that, how hungry the Muslims were. See, with difficulty comes ease. إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى With difficulty, usr, comes yusr, ease. We people today, we want مَعَنَّ مَعَ الْيُسْرِ يُسْرَى We want with ease, ease. We're not willing to go through difficulty. Allah says, look, accept the difficulty, be patient, I'll do wonders in your life. No, we want wonders from day one without sacrificing and going through difficulty. Imagine, nearly a thousand Muslims went near starvation, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them this karama and this honor. To the point where one hadith from Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib states, he says, I was with the Prophet digging at the battle of the trench when Fatima alayhi salam came with some crumbs of bread, not a full loaf, like just pieces of bread. She gave it to the Prophet The Prophet asked her, Fatima, what's this small amount of bread? Like he was a little bit surprised. Imagine like you're really working hard and hungry, somebody gives you like bits of bread. The Prophet told her, Fatima, what is this? She says, I prepared a loaf of bread for Hassan and Hussein. You know their kids, you start with the kids to feed them. From their loaf, some remained. Some parts of that loaf remained. So I'm bringing it to you. The Prophet ﷺ took those crumbs of bread and then he said to Fatima, أَمَا إِنَّهُ أَوَّلُ طَعَامٍ دَخَلَ فَمْ أَبِيكِ مُنْذُ He says, since three days, this is the first time a bite of food enters the mouth of your father. Can you imagine three days the Prophet did not have a single bite of food to the point where he had to tie the rock to his stomach because the pangs of hunger are really painful. And when you tie something to your stomach, at least it gives you some strength. See, after this, Allah did that miracle. Are we willing to go that far? Today if your lunch is late an hour, Allahu Akbar, dinner is late two hours, people make an issue in the house. Two hours, two hours you get your delicious meal but it's delayed a little bit. I myself, I've been at the Hajj. The Hajj is supposed to be a journey of servitude to Allah. 
a, a, a journey of humbleness where you go and you forget about dunya and materialism. I myself have witnessed fights in the hamla in the group at the time of dinner or lunch because it's delayed half an hour or an hour. People get edgy, people start get frustrated, they start yelling, making fights. Yalla, where's the food? I'm hungry. Habibi, until you came 10,000 miles from your home to this place so you can bicker and complain. Wallah, aib for you to complain on the food even if it was delayed by five hours. So you came here to eat? Or if the bus is late, 30 minutes, an hour, oh, they have a big issue. Who, who's in a rush? Where do you want to go? You're here for two weeks for Allah. You're, you're His guest. If I go to Arafah now or an hour, so what? I'm in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What if you got there an hour faster? What did you, what did you, what did you get? Who's running after you? But subhanAllah, people forget this. Today, if there's one aspect of our life that's disrupted, our comfort is disrupted, see what happens. And the Prophet here, he's saying three days I've not eaten, eaten anything. Yes, at that point Allah will show you a wondrous miracle. Of course, Allah is not going to leave you. So don't expect immediate relief if you're going through a difficulty. Be patient and it will come. Inna. Ma'al usri yusra. Indeed, with difficulty comes ease. There are other miracles that happen at the Battle of Khandaq, but I think this will suffice to show you how Allah strengthened the hearts of the believers. Because this was a very, very critical battle. So many non believers were coming and surrounding Medina, and they're about to make their attack. Inshallah, in our subsequent classes, we'll examine how they arrived there and how they tried to kill the Muslims and how Allah gave them victory. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi at-tayyibin at-tahirin.